0: All right, man. It's my turn to go to hell. That's right. I have a glass of Chardonnay here. <laughs> you know, I, the preceding it's events. Nice.
1: It's quite simple, really. Just need to show you some film. You mean like going to the pictures? Something like
0: that. you right. right.
1: right. 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 Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is Stefan. And I am Mitch, and this is Drag Stefan to Hell. The show where uh, typically, oh, Stefan has something to say. I mean,
0: you did you do a better job of entering the show because you're like, <laughs> okay. we have a fantastic new episode for you folks, uh, and All I right. didn't do that. I was just like, we're going to have a suitable episode for you. It's going to be fine. It's going to be good. It's, uh, or, you know. I, uh, maybe not good. Ah, man, I can't settle on a... On, Do you on want a quality the, level of this episode. Are, is
1: this in the episode or are we starting over? I think this is the episode, man. Oh, okay. <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> Alright, <laughs> right, well, in this episode, uh, we're gonna switch things up. Uh, normally you're dragging me to hell, but this time I get to choose a movie and drag you to hell. Yes. And how do you feel about that today, Stephen?
0: Uh, I mean, like, I'm stoked. I, I would, I, I, I know we don't want to, but I would introduce more of these into our, our format just so I don't have to fucking do any research <laughs> or write anything, but still, like, I'm happy. This is, I get to kick back, offer my dog shit unsolicited opinions on things, and hopefully it's entertaining,
1: I guess. I hope so too. And I think that uh, much like a lot of the other movies we cover, this is a movie that probably not a lot of people have heard of or seen. But they definitely remember the box art.
0: <laughs> or, or, or the It's like I did. I knew exactly what movie you were talking about. Knew the cover. Knew nothing about it. Didn't know it was a mob related movie. I just thought it was like an action okay. comedy kind of, kind of thing. Yeah. So, I'm, I don't think people would be like, like fully out in the woods lost as to what this is. But maybe. Yeah. Could we in- introduce our, our least listen to episode ever? Who knows? <laughs> we'll find out. Uh, but I'm still stoked. Um, before we get started, uh, I, I think I want to gently nudge some promotion you're rela- re- relaced. You released a trailer for your movie. Uh, I'd like to give you an opportunity to
1: plug it if... Because you wouldn't do it for yourself,
0: so I'm doing it for you. I'm forcing you.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I wouldn't have even thought to to do it. Yeah, if you're a listener of this podcast and you don't sort of have me personally on social media or follow me yeah i released a trailer for a film that i wrote and directed uh, quite a few years ago at this point Um, but the trailer just came out the movie's called twilight ride Uh, it's a sort of crime drama thriller if you will Uh, But yeah, definitely check that out on YouTube or you can just follow me on social media and find it that way. Uh, But yeah, it's exciting to finally have that released and hopefully we'll play some film festivals in the fall and people can come out and watch it and hopefully enjoy it. And it doesn't drag them to hell.
0: (laughs) I mean, it's fitting that we're doing knock around guys, I guess. Like your movie is less, less, it's less like comedic, obviously, but you know, it's like in the same ballpark,
1: you know? Yeah, this actually has a surprisingly uh, number of ties to, like, thematically, I suppose, to to my movie, which is interesting. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna plug one thing. I was on the World of Horror
0: podcast. I don't know when the episode drops, but you know, don't look, just look for that episode. Listen to their full show because it's fantastic. And I'm talking about Mario Bava's seminal, I think, 1971 film, Bay of Blood. Good movie. Check it out. Good giallo.
1: Anyways. Okay. That's all I got. Also, review our show, man. Help us out. Yeah, give us some likes, some reviews. I mean, if you're listening to this episode, you definitely have been listening all along. So, you kill you clearly love us and yeah, you should show us some extent. love. I think so. <laughs> Typically, I have a question for you. Do you have a question for me? And I just sitting down to talk to you now realized I didn't have a question prepared so what? i'm like what what can i ask him it's like uh, have you ever been taken into a, a basement as a 12 year old and been asked to kill a man man i have a lot of thoughts on that opening <laughs> scene by the way no
0: i'm trying to think of like if there's been a, a weird moment where i've been like brought down to a basement oh you know what i have a good basement story uh, okay man, uh, this sounds like it could be dark but it's not i promise it's like a very well i guess it kind of is dark I went to visit extended family, and I grew up a pescatarian. Uh, if you don't know what that is, I just ate fish and I didn't eat meat. Uh, I was mostly a vegetarian. Uh, back then, I don't they, they were unsure of how to do a proper diet, so fish was the way to like still have me have protein as a child. Anyways, uh, long story short, I was uh, in the basement with all the other kids, and they were like, here, eat this. And I was young enough where I didn't understand... That the the way that I was raised was abnormal, and that there were other things that people would eat. I know that sounds stupid, but like I never like I didn't look at it and be like I was like oh pig or or whatever, and it was a piece of pig, and I ended up puking uh, (laughs) later on because it was my first introduction to meat as a child. Uh, that's my basement story. I think that's all I got. Do you, have a, do you have a weird basement
1: story? No, I, I don't think that I have any <laughs> weird basement stories. Oh, other man. than making a movie in your basement, um, it's true.
0: That's true. We have, a, we have a basement movie okay. coming out. I love basements, man. They're they're just uh, something about it. I have my Chardonnay. We're talking about basements, we're a good time.
1: Yeah. No, I uh, I clearly have failed in my duty to come up with a, an interesting question that relates to the movie um, but uh, the movie sort of revolves around a a bag of money that goes <laughs> missing right so a you know maybe money. maybe there's something there Has, have you ever had something that uh you lost like uh, similar to the sandlot where they lose the the prize baseball signed by babe ruth of his father's like something that belonged to somebody else that maybe either you lost or you broke uh, and had to, you know, either make up for it or try and rectify that situation somehow. I realize that's incredibly I mean, I've, specific. I've, I've but.
0: broken a lot of stuff. Uh, man, I'm A, I'm Just a klutz. A lot of hearts. I a bet. lot of hearts. And B, I was like, I wasn't a bad kid, but I was like kind of a little bit of a shithead. But but never like really bad trouble. And I was like mostly like academically, I was always a good kid. And I never got, got into trouble at school. But, uh, man, I had one, and I just lost it. Um, I remember uh, I was in university, and I was, like, blind drunk and and biking home. And I woke up with my bike over the side of a hill, and my glasses were just fully missing. (laughs) And if anybody doesn't know, I wear glasses all the time. I have a pretty heavy prescription. It's, like, minus five-something, minus five-something. And I have, like, an astigmatism on top of that. That makes my vision even worse in one eye. So I, it's like Mr. Magoo without my glasses on. And so I was, uh, I was sobering up at this point, but I woke up with like a, a lump on my head and just like no idea of what happened. Like I, somebody could have whacked me, and I have no idea. It could have been self-inflicted. I have no idea. Those were my twenties. Now I'm just drinking chardonnay like a refined gentleman, <laughs> and I, just, I have my glasses on and I haven't lost them. What about you? You got a you got a, a break story? A, uh, something you've broken that's valuable? Uh, a valuable breaking story? Mm. I, Sorry, or losing, I guess. In, in this, like, I lost my glasses. I I never found the glasses. By the way, I retraced my steps. No luck whatsoever. I had to go put on old glasses and then buy new ones like an idiot.
1: Yeah. No, I don't know that uh, that my parents had any sort of like prized possessions that. Uh, not even that I would have lost or broken that just period. Um, But yeah, I'm just trying to think of times now where like I disappointed them, (laughs) which I'm sure were a a plenty. Um, Yeah. I don't know. I I I don't worry about a man. Yeah. Here we are. Here we are. Four
0: sons of wise guys. You know, the regular people, we're nothing but goombas. But to our fathers, we're nothing but Aaron boys. Looking for their shot. If you jammed up here, there's got to be something I can
1: do. You brought us the sandwiches. What else can you do?
0: <laughs> but no one wants to give it to them. Listen, I can get this job done. Marbles has got a
1: plane. Marbles? He's half an idiot, and that is the good half.
0: see too many hundred dollar bills around here
1: i stopped to get fuel who has the money marbles maddie i have no idea where the hell are you montana we're coming out look
0: at this place guys like us could be running it in a week gotcha uh, a friend of mine lost a bag yesterday people around here real careful with their property because you wouldn't
1: want to misplace your cow or nothing
0: you are unlikable sure no, no strangers from out of town has been in here no stranger in you
1: looks like they're multiplying best we keep on our toes we've had a wrinkle cops are involved Dirty cops yeah he said cops
0: you should just tell me where i can find a little trouble in this town
1: used to be you would have already found it
0: we gotta make them beg us to take that money back they're so scared you learn a lot of things on the way to 500 street fights none more important than this (laughs) (laughs) there was a way to do things and things got done. Now everybody's feelings are involved.
1: They're going to call their uncles and their fathers and they're going to come here looking for the money. I just don't figure on them leaving empty handed. That's the thing. We can't let them leave. Go time.
0: My friends and I here looking to get out of your town.
1: Before we do, there's something we just can't leave behind. Should we? Uh, I, I mean, I guess I can give some history, my history with this movie, and sort of give a reason why I picked it.
0: Yeah. If anybody's not listening, hasn't listened to our previous episode, you actually gave a really good, well reasoned uh, response. And I want to say I've dropped off on my explanation for why I pick the movies for you. Sometimes it's, it's like an intuitive thing. I don't have like a some like well reasoned position. I, I gotta silence my phone man. It went off, wow. distracted my train of thought, which is <laughs> it, it's my train of thought is fragile, but I want to get back on that train and offer better reasons as to why I pick things for you uh, and even if it's like intuitive, I need to put words to why however arrived sure. at that position so uh my bad great job on your part uh, yeah, so history and reason,
1: yeah, so I <laughs> I mean, I didn't think that my uh, reasoning was all that strong because previously I had picked things that uh, we did Popstar and we did Sing Street were our episodes that I chose for you before. And those were like things that I could quickly point to why you would dislike or hate these movies because they're musicals, which you have said you do not like. And then Sing Street is also a musical about children, um, which you have also made clear you can't stand. Um, so those were easy ones, but this one I chose for different reasons. I didn't want to pick something I already knew you disliked because I wanted something that you hadn't seen before. Um, I also wanted to just cover a movie that had Barry Pepper in it. Um, but this, I felt like was a movie that you probably wouldn't seek out on your own. Um, again, a movie that I feel like time has forgotten. Um, it really didn't make an impact when it came out. Um, and it's also got bad reviews. It is not well-reviewed at all. It was like 20-something percent on Rotten Tomatoes and I think a 30 on Metacritic. So the critics did not like this movie. It did not perform well at the box office. They're not a lot of big fans of this movie. Um, and we've talked a lot about... Um, sort of movies making you feel something one way or the other. Whereas I thought this might be a movie that doesn't make you feel much of anything, which could be a more scathing indictment of a movie where at least if it made you angry or upset about something, you felt something uh, versus this movie where you might feel it's just sort of like, eh, okay. It, that that was that in the end. So, so that's why I picked it for you specifically. Then uh, for me, my history with this movie We've established it here. Everybody who knows me knows that uh, I'm a giant fan of, of Mr. Barry Pepper. Uh, and this movie came out sort of uh, a few years after Saving Private Ryan, which was my introduction to Barry Pepper and where I sort of became a fan of his and then started seeking out other films. Was this before Battlefield Earth? So it, this, I believe it would have been filmed before battlefield earth potentially but did they come out the same year uh battlefield earth came out in 2000 so this is the year after battlefield earth obviously a notoriously bad movie Uh, (laughs) but as far as barry pepper goes i was looking for his movies i watched enemy of the state uh, which it has a very small role in but i thought oh this guy's so cool in this movie uh, he plays, you know, like one of the CIA bad guys uh, who shows up <laughs> at Will Smith's house. The only person
0: who watched Enemy of the State was <laughs> like, that guy is cool,
1: man. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> um, but yeah, I had clearly just become a fan of his career. And this was a movie coming out where he was the star. Um, and then on top of that, it's sort of like a crime mob movie. It looked like it had some action in it. So I was really excited to go see this movie when it came out. Uh And when I saw it, it didn't disappoint. It was a leading performance from Barry Pepper. And I was like, yeah, this is a cool movie. My favorite actor is, is the lead. And, and I liked it and I showed it to other people. Mind you, I would have been what, 13 when this came out. Um, So, you know, not the (laughs) most developed or refined palette when it comes to, to movie watching. Um, But I was always a big fan. I watched it a number of times, sort of in my teens and then hadn't, watched it since up until recently, but I was always a a fan of the movie, even though I knew the reviews uh, weren't great Um, and some of the stuff in it was kind of silly, but I thought it'd be fun to revisit it as well and see if my opinion of it remained the same or if that changed
0: Yeah, I'd asked if you'd unintentionally dragged yourself to hell uh, doing it for the podcast do you mind divulging that do, do where where does it where does it stack up now for for modern modern Mitch?
1: So for modern Mitch, I, it definitely didn't drag me to hell. It would be tough for a, a Barry Pepper movie not called Battlefield Earth to <laughs> to drag me to hell. Um, yeah, I think it's still a relatively enjoyable movie for me, and that may be nostalgia playing into it as well. And again, my bias towards Barry Pepper, I can acknowledge. I certainly wouldn't uh, disagree with anyone that said this movie wasn't great or was sort of bland and generic, which I think is a criticism that a lot of people have. Um, but to me, it does enough little things right and it's entertaining. It's 90 minutes, which is nice. It doesn't overstay its welcome. It moves at a relatively quick pace. So I think there's enough here that it's an entertaining movie. I wouldn't say that you know this is going to be one that I need to go back to. Uh, ever again uh there are certain, there are a lot of other barry pepper movies that uh that i can go watch uh, where he's got a substantial role um but yeah i i still found it entertaining uh, and so i'd still say thumbs up for me but i again i couldn't disagree with somebody who didn't enjoy it all right is it time and now we find out if stefan was dragged to hell
0: um I already told my history is that I I I know the box art uh I'm aware of the film I'm aware of who's in it primarily Bear, Barry Pepper Vin Diesel uh Seth Green I didn't remember at all um but I at least remember those two people knew nothing about the movie uh when you suggested it for the podcast I looked at the synopsis and I was kind of like man there's there's a I think there's a really This movie should be remade based on the synopsis of the film. Because I think that the movie that I created in my head, I didn't get. That being said, did it drag me to hell? No, I had a fucking blast, man.
1: (laughs) Okay. I I I had a good time, yeah. I failed at dragging you to hell, but I'm kind of glad that you had uh, a fun time watching.
0: Yeah, like this, so I, I, I'm not being rude. I, I don't think it's a good movie, but I had like so much fun watching it. I'll, I'll talk about things that I think could be like improved, but largely I had a good time. This has so many people in it. Yeah, it's got a surprisingly uh, great cast. Yeah, um, you're you're a huge fan of uh, Barry Pepper. I like Tom Noonan a lot. Who's in? He's yep. in House of the Devil. He's the 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 father who's trying to like coax the person into this really really odd job. He's in Manhunter as as um, uh, the the, the uh, red dragon or the tooth fairy yeah, yeah yeah um uh, mike star dumb and dumber to a lesser oh, extent right the good beginning. fellas yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what taking <laughs> all the worst uh mike star movies then obviously we got dennis hopper uh, uh john malkovich um uh, god who else well, obviously like like vin diesel isn't a character actor but he's a character <laughs> and, like <laughs> seth green uh and like pro- there's like a slew of other people that like i recognized but i i couldn't yeah. put a name to them or, or remember where i knew them from
1: you know vin diesel i don't think is out of place in this movie i think seth green is definitely out of place in this movie um, so that's my i think that's my issue all right so do, do you mind if uh
0: I can read the synopsis here, I guess. Is that all right? Can I, just to give us like a... Yeah. Sorry, not the synopsis, the, uh, like the log line. Is, yeah, that, is that cool? So on IMDb, I'm not taking credit for this shit, let me tell you. <laughs> uh, it says, the wannabe sons of mobsters go to a remote town in the Midwest and get themselves into more trouble than anyone could anticipate. All right, so... In in my mind, and I think I read it. I had read another one too that was more explicit about what they were going up against, like um, what you call it, uh, um, like a shady sheriff, right? Uh, and they have to like get something back to to you know fix some some grand problem, uh, some mob problem. So in my head, I was like, all right, we have the sons of different mob factions working together to go and do something. That that was what was in my head. No. And I was like, I would I kinda wanna see that movie where it's like a bunch of like dipshit children of mobsters. Like you have <laughs> Vin Diesel uh, as uh I actually don't know what his, his uh is he like part Dominican? I don't know what his, his uh his background is. In the movie or in In real in life, life. life, sorry. Okay.
1: Uh, but I honestly have no
0: idea. <laughs> I have no idea. But he so he's part he's one mob. We have uh, uh, Barry Pepper, he's he's the Irish mob because he looks super Irish. Even yeah. though I think he would be playing Italian, in this movie. he's definitely. They're
1: all playing Italian, which is why what it's like fuck? bizarre. Here.
0: Yeah, Seth Green is
1: Italian. <laughs> <laughs> well, you just dye their hair black and then they become Italian. And I because yeah. I, I made a note here. Uh, where's my note? They call themselves
0: some. Sorry, can't even say it straight. They call themselves Goombas. <laughs> I Grimbo, <laughs> which I always yeah. thought was like uh like ref- referencing like an italian like an Italian mobster so my question is so is Barry pepper supposed to be italian <laughs>
1: <laughs> dennis hopper
0: is italian and John
1: Malkovich yeah They're italian? it's uh, it's pretty wild yeah, oh man
0: um uh, so anyways the the point is like I thought they were supposed to be representative based on the casting too like. Like, they're not Italian, man. They're not all Italian. It, like, no. looking at the cover, I'm not like, this is an Italian mob movie. You know what I mean? So I thought there were, like, a f- factions of mobs coming together for a common goal. and They're a bunch of,
1: like, oddballs. So that, that was in my head. I, I, I think I would like to see that movie as well. Yeah. Anyways. And I think there's a world where you can remake this movie and, you know, change some things and have it be a better, more competent Italian mob movie just <laughs> don't cast, you know, the whitest guys around. Uh, yeah. Not that Italians are not white in terms of yeah, their skin tone, but just like I these think guys are very clearly about. not Italian. Yeah. But uh, yeah, should we dive into sort of the plot of this movie a little bit? Wait, no, I have
0: a question. I have, a, I have an additional question based on the okay. casting here. So uh, we're jumping ahead a little bit, but like at one point, Vin Diesel's character is. Uh, in regards to, they're, they're kind of like all commiserating about like their low station in the mob. Uh, right. or in Barry Pepper's character's case, it's non-existent. He pretty much fetches them sandwiches, which we'll get to, but he says, my mother is a Jew. You know what that means to them. So is, is are they like anti-Semitic too? And, and
1: is, is like, I, I just like, I, I, I have a lot of questions. <laughs> I, I mean, I read it as it's like, he's not full blooded italian which means he's not like ever going to be oh, a, a top i understand god kind of thing i get it i all right that makes more sense now i was like yeah. so he's i mean they make it italian. very clear that uh, <laughs> he has <is> jewish heritage <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <know>, yeah, <laughs> yeah of course it's like the star of david <laughs> star of david tattoo and a star of david necklace uh yeah yeah
0: All right, well, why don't we just, you you can get into this, very, very loosely talk about it. We're going to try to scale back our description here of things and just talk about stuff. So have at it, baby.
1: So I did something, I wanted to try something here. um, And I think a little experiment. And the results are varying, but I think they're interesting. Um, So while I watched the movie, I made notes about sort of major scenes and how the plot moves to keep this thing on track and explain the movie. But I also asked chat GPT. Fuck you. To write a synopsis, an in-depth breakdown of the plot of this movie. And some of the things that it has invented that don't exist in this movie are very interesting. Uh, so I'll refer to that a little bit um, as we go here. Um, but even in the beginning. So the movie opens up with... Uh, I think it's what Brooklyn, 1987 or something. And our sort of what becomes our main character, uh, Maddie Demerits is the name. Uh, He's a 12 year old kid uh, with his uncle, uh, Teddy, played by John Malkovich. And they're taking him into the the basement of this, you know, some sort of establishment uh, that they clearly run. And there's a man who is tied to. A chair, uh, clearly not uh, having a good night, and it's made clear that this is the man who's responsible for sending Maddie's father to prison. Uh, and Maddie is essentially, again, keep in mind he's twelve years old. Uh, handed a gun and said, "You decide if he's gonna live or die." But basically, they're like, "You better shoot him." And then Maddie struggles to to do that. He ultimately does not shoot this guy um and it's like you know what that's okay you're not cut out for this and we know that now <laughs> and he's 12 <laughs> it was a job interview pretty much for the mob <laughs> you didn't get the gig yeah exactly so yeah so they send him outside like we're just going to rough him up a little it's his lucky day and then we hear gunshots uh, it's like okay no they clearly just killed him um, but that's to sort of set the tone for for his position in the rest of the movie. This is why Maddie doesn't really have any position within the the mob. He's not cut out for this line of work. He's I don't want to say soft, but I think you know he's a little soft. He's not not the tough guy who's who's going to kill people and do the dirty work. Um, and that's our beginning here.
0: I want to talk about this movie's rated R, which I find baffling. Uh, because there's like it's got to be for language alone,
1: but I think so probably.
0: But so, uh, here's a few issues with the opening scene for me. So, we 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 don't see Dennis Hopper's character getting put away, and I feel like this this scene suffers from like it needs like a setup scene, like a like uh like a courtroom scene where like maybe there's a uh, uh you know Dennis Hopper's on the stand. John Malkovich is there, who's the person who hands, uh, young Barry Pepper slash Maddie Demaray, uh, a gun. Also, his name is Teddy Deserve. (laughs) Deserve, probably, but you know what I mean? (laughs) Oh man, that's great stuff. Anyway, (laughs) just laughing over here. Um, but it, it needed like a scene to like establish what was going on because it's very much like, the it's like an exposition line like oh you're you put your dad away but we haven't really seen that and this is our first introduction to the movie so it feels like a bit odd but i still had a good time and the point of me bringing bringing up the rating is because we have um uh mike stars like the the actor who's playing the characters trapped strapped to the chair and uh bobby boulevard is his name i remember, <laughs> yeah. I remember that because <laughs> yeah. it's a great name so This movie has great names yeah um, Taylor Reese for Vin Diesel that's, that's the not great one Johnny John Marbles, Marbles is like, yeah, yeah. Stefan Marbles is my name right now as we yeah. record um, but there's a scene where John Malkovich uh, uh, he's trying to like intimidate Mike Starr who's trying to sway young uh, Barry Pepper character and he like goes to cut out his tongue and it's like a weird cutaway where I'm like just just like show it but also in my mind I'm like it's Rina R sure but would that work for the tone of the movie? I don't think it would. Uh, but I did like make a note. And I was like, it's weird that this is rated R, and it doesn't feel like it's for anything. And you know, it does cut into the the revenue of, of the movie to a certain degree because it eliminates the younger teen audience. And I didn't really understand why. It's yeah, kind of I the think language, right? Like
1: a hundred percent. Like there's um, on IMDb they have the, like. You know, uh, sex and nudity, language, violence, the stuff they, they break things down and it's, you know, moderate, none, severe, and language is severe. Uh, everything else is like mild. Um, that's the only reason. Cause I think with the MPAA rating system, if you say fuck more than once, you're, you're rated R.
0: Yeah. And it's weird because I, I maybe this is a testament to the writing of the film, uh, but I, I didn't think that they were, like, thumping down F-words or, or whatever. Uh, it doesn't sound like it's, uh, you know, being crude or crass for the sake of it. It just,
1: everybody felt natural, you know? Yeah, <laughs> I, I agree. I don't think it, it doesn't feel like they're trying too hard with all the, you know, with a, a ton of swearing or anything. And it's definitely not an overly violent movie, um, which I kind of appreciate. Um, but so I'm not going to spend too much time on this because it's sort of neither here nor there. But the chat GPT version of the opening of this movie is that a young Maddie Demerit witnesses his father, Benny Chains Demerit, Dennis Hopper, uh, brutally beating a man who owes him money. And years later, Maddie, desperate to prove himself, seizes an opportunity to transport a duffel bag filled with $500,000 from New York to a small town, which is, 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 it's like,
0: is is there like, no, in defense of chat, GPT, is there like a director's cut? (laughs) Did they cut a scene out for runtime that we're like not privy to? Do you own the physical? The the I, it's it's got to have like a dog shit Blu-ray. That's just like the
1: movie, the, the <laughs> theatrical trailer, and like so maybe <laughs> like a scene. I definitely don't have a Blu-ray of this movie, but I'm fairly certain that somewhere there is a DVD that I own that I'm um, certain has some. Uh, special features. So maybe that's the beginning, but it would seem odd if that's the opening scene and then it's immediately followed by another scene oh, right. that yeah, uh, totally. is in yeah. a basement with somebody getting beaten. Um, yeah. So I think it's just confused, especially yeah. with the transporting a duffel bag from New York to a small town, because that's not what's happening you, in the movie. Either. Are you saying AI isn't perfect?
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh man.
1: I'm sick of talking about AI. I've been been hearing about it (laughs) so much. I'm just like, (laughs) I thought it might save me some uh, some time and be like, okay, this will condense it, but it just a lot of it. Yeah, like I'll get into the plot details here, and we won't go too heavy into it. Um, But even in this synopsis unbeknownst to them maddie's father secretly rigs the bag with a tracking device intending to test their loyalty and capability and i'm like what this (laughs) this is so far removed from the reality of the movie that it's just it's so confusing it's like where did it get this um but again neither here nor there let's let's continue with our it's fucking wild man. where we go like, from here. it's like
0: it's trying to reconcile the fact that uh, so they end up in a small town uh uh to chase the bag of money which we'll get to how it ends up in a small town and then some of the mob does end up there later on it's like it's like it's trying to reconcile those points and putting it all together somehow um but no fucking wrong bro <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes Uh, But yeah, from from that opening scene uh, with young Maddie, we fast forward uh, to present day Maddie played, uh, as we mentioned, by Barry Pepper uh, in a job interview for, you know, he wants to be a sports agent. Um, And basically he managed to convince the secretary to to get him a meeting with this guy. The interview doesn't go very well as soon as, uh, he finds out that Maddie is connected to the mob. Uh, and this seems to be the story of Maddie's life. Every time somebody finds out that, uh, he's related to Benny chains, uh, nobody wants anything to do with him. Uh, what a great and so, name too, man. <laughs> yeah. Benny chains. So basically he's in a position where he gets no respect from the mob that he's tied to, uh, because, Of his soft nature. He's the son. He's still well taken care of, but he wants, you know, something of his own in his life. Um, And outside of that, and he's learned a legitimate job, won't have him because of his ties. So he's in this place where he can't really win, succeed either way. Um, And we start establishing, I think, the other characters uh, as well, who are sort of his group of friends, who are also all tied to the mob in some way or another, sons of. Gangsters is sort of what these guys are. Um, so who do we got here, uh, Stefan? Who, who's your favorite of the three All the right, three friends?
0: So uh, before we get into that, I want to say one thing. The, the interview uh, ends with a wonderful line, which also... Substantiates the severe uh, language rating. I'm just here for a fucking job. And he's just like, he just stands up and he's just like, I'm here for a fucking job. And it sounds like he's been saying that a few times. So, uh, a testament to the rating of the film, I suppose, as uh, hard R. And um, I don't know the
1: actor's name um, who's interviewing him, but oh, uh, he's, you yeah. know him from uh, Billy Madison as the principal who is horny for Billy.
0: Yes, oh my God. What's
1: oh man? I have no idea what the actor's name is. He played the revolting blob. That was his wrestling, <laughs> his wrestling name in Billy Madison.
0: Oh uh, man, he's, he's not on the uh, just the splash IMDb page. No, and I, have, no, no. I, have, I don't have the uh, the tenacity to go into yes. the, the cast list. Okay. But
1: uh, in terms of like his group of friends, so sorry before just, we just even get to that, them. I don't want to interrupt uh, again here, but. Prior to finding all these friends, we get a scene that you hated. Apparently, this is all the information you gave me. Is that this scene drove you oh, crazy? Fuck, which man, is I have a the note. scene yeah. where uh, we're introduced to, or we see John Malkovich's Uncle Teddy playing what I believe is American handball right. against Dennis Hopper, who's out of jail. This is uh, Barry Pepper's father, Benny Chains. They're playing against each other. On the handball court, can I can I have the the
0: floor for five minutes? Absolutely, unadulterated (laughs) ranting. You go for it. If you play American handball, and like I, all right. So I've I've multiple questions based on what the fuck that is because in school we played handball and it was like a like a, a soccer game. Uh, maybe that's a bad example. It, it was like basketball to a certain extent, but when you had the ball, you had, you could only pivot, and you had to pass to somebody else. Yeah, it's,
1: that's European handball. That's a good game.
0: Uh, it is uh, a good game. Fuck you, Americans! Like that's a sh- dog shit game. So, all right, what they're what they're playing? You have to wear oversized mitts as if you were slowly. Like devolving into Mickey Mouse. And so far, the only <laughs> part of you that has like turned into Mickey Mouse are his shitty oversized gloves. You have to wear these stupid dog shit gloves. You have to hit a ball against a wall. And it's like, it's like squash kind of maybe or something. It's, like, say, it's tennis. like they're playing they-
1: squash, but with instead of a racket, they have to wear these gloves. Yeah, you look s- dumb as hell. There's no way to look <laughs> cool doing
0: this sport. And you know what? If that's what you enjoy doing, I, I don't want to poo poo that, but. Uh, just know somewhere there's a canadian who thinks you look stupid as fuck and (laughs) i I, I was watching this movie and i'm like i've never seen this before what is this and i hate it and i (laughs) messaged you um and it's because we don't we don't reveal our thoughts when we're watching a movie Uh but i was literally so perplexed at the sight of what was happening what were Dennis Hopper and John Malkovich being paid to do? right, what, Whatever they were paid for this movie, worth it. Because they looked so dumb. So dumb. And that is, uh, you know, that just
1: hurts the career a
0: little bit. Anyways, that's, okay. that's yeah. I thought what, there what, might
1: be more to it than that. But uh, just the fact that they looked stupid doing it. Yeah, it's it.
0: mainly an aesthetics question. I'm yeah. like being unaware <laughs> okay. of like what they were doing.
1: Sure. Uh, all right, so let's let's finally get into our our main cast here up outside of Barry Pepper in terms of our group of friends who end up going to this small town. Who are so the sons we've got? So so far we have Barry Pepper, who's Maddie yes.
0: Uh Then we have Andy Duvalli, who plays uh, Chris Scarpa. Yes, Is that correct? Uh, we have Vin Diesel as Tyler Reese uh, or Taylor Reese. Sorry. Um and Seth Green as Johnny Marbles who's my favorite? Yes. you know I always like the lovable fuck up uh, I'm a huge Johnny Marbles Johnny fan Johnny Marbles yeah and that being said um there's a certain monologue which we've already kind of talked about it's a fucking good monologue man <laughs> it's like it's it's not
1: good but it's good but it's good it's good yeah, yeah. oh yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> So let's, let's define these characters a little bit. So we've, we've mentioned that Seth Green's Johnny Marbles is, is the lovable fuck up. We sort of introduce him. He's, uh, got his pilot's license. He's got this little, uh, plane that, uh, that he owns and flies. And, uh, he's uh, also formerly question mark, uh, uh, an addict or at least just loves the loves the cocaine. He, yeah, he's a he cocaine guy. He references I haven't put anything up my nose in a year. Okay, 10 months, but you know, I'm <laughs> I'm good. Um so we know what we're getting with him. Um we've got uh, Andrew Davoli's Chris Scarpa who's the sort of smooth-talking ladies man, you know, handsome Italian guy. Um, whose father, also a mobster, um, basically is, leaves him in control of a restaurant. Like that's, that's his, what he does. And he doesn't love that life either. He doesn't really get an opportunity to spread his wings. That's the common theme with these guys. It's, they haven't really been given an opportunity to, to be the big shot or to do anything. And that's what they're yearning for.
0: They've inherited the negativity of their name and then. Just like nothing else. I mean, technically, they're getting paid pretty well. Uh, Right. They've all got money,
1: (laughs) but they don't have, you know, a life of their own to really. It's just like I rely on my father to give me money and I do menial tasks, um, which is. I mean, yeah, you know, I'll go get sandwiches for shitloads of money. <laughs> yeah, same here. I'll break pinball machines or arcade machines, for money. <laughs> your, your own arcade or yeah. game <laughs> what a <chance>. power move, and <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna come back and still get
0: money for those. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: but that's our our Vin Diesel character, Taylor right. Reese. So that's how he's introduced. Uh, you know, he's clearly the muscle of the group. Uh, the guy who's the tough guy. And yeah, he's introduced because he's got these like, I want to say they're they're arcade or gambling machines inside a convenience store. And the store owner tries to stiff him on the money that uh, Vin Diesel knows is being made off of them. So Vin Diesel smashes his own machines and then sort of threatens uh, the guy with physical violence, uh, sort of drags him over the counter and shouts at him and gets his money um so again very clearly establishing his role in this movie is the muscle um so those are our main main guys here uh, who are going to be on this journey together
0: yes sir um i was just looking at the cast list and i've said it a few times already i'm gonna say it again great names this character named billy clueless the fuck i I don't even know know who that is (laughs) <laughs> he's, he's, he's one of the the henchmen and they clearly they just like were oh, let's let's style out on names with this guy I guess I don't know uh, okay the, the actor is Arthur J. Nascarella
1: anyways one of the Italian but, uh, mobsters I don't yeah, yeah I don't think his name Italian ever- in quotes although he's
0: real Italian it seems
1: yeah <laughs> he's a guy who's probably like also in Goodfellas as like a minor role or casino he's definitely been around the block in, in a bunch yeah. of mob movies yeah. All right. So, uh I think from here we sort of established that um Maddie's father is is missing out on some money. There's somewhere some, along their pipeline, uh someone is taking money from them, not paying up, stealing from them. So he's a bit hard up because he's not the high level guy. There's guys just above him that he's got to kick up to. So I want to say uh, it's what uh, a loan from another mobster, like half a million dollars, uh, is going to be given to him to sort of keep him afloat for a little while while they get this situation sorted out. And Maddie, wanting uh, you know a little more to do, it volunteers himself to to do the job with a little bit of nudging from John Malkovich's Uncle Teddy as well, saying, "I can do this." You know, let me uh, figure it out, and Dennis Hopper, Benny Chains, reluctantly allows him to do so, and I see a wry smile on Stefan's face.
0: Oh, I was just thinking of like trying to do an impression of John Malkovich in this movie. (laughs) It's so Like, just like I'm looking at his IMDb photo, and he has like this smile where it's like it goes
1: like down again. Yeah, his accent in this movie, while I don't really think it's Italian, I do think it's a lot of fun. No, it's like a space <laughs> alien uh, try,
0: trying to like it, <laughs> imitate I'll, like uh, somebody speaking. It's wild. I'll,
1: I'll give you one line that I've remembered uh, all the years. When we get to it later, I'll okay, do a, okay. a Malkovich impression in this movie for you.
0: Thank God, because like, all right, we, I think you know I can't. I, a I can't act. Period. But I can't do accents or impressions at all. Period. You know this, I think. Hopefully, right?
1: I know that this is what you tell me. You could have some great impressions. You just are, you know, maybe too shy. No, to share. like,
0: like I'm not even being shy. Like, I would, I would, like, I'm comfortable enough with you that I would, like, I'd do an impression if I could. I can't, man. Like, okay, I can't do accents. You, you want me to sound Russian? It's gonna sound. <laughs> I have no idea. Terrible. Sound terrible, or I, I can't do it, man. Yeah,
1: that's okay. Yeah. So. All right. so, from here, the plan is Barry Pepper is going to be responsible. He's going to oversee this operation, which seems simple enough. Uh, Seth Green, Johnny Marbles, is going to fly his plane up into, was it Spokane? Yeah. Uh, and basically pick up a bag of money, half a million dollars, fly back, only stop for gas. That's it. But, of course, Things don't go quite as planned. Uh, Mr. Marbles, uh, I don't know that this ends up (laughs) really (laughs) impacting anything, but on the flight back, he's drinking coffee, he's drinking Coke, uh, or some sort of caffeinated beverage, um, but he's still falling asleep uh, in the plane, so he gives himself uh, a little bump, uh, a little bit of Coke, just just to get through the flight. Um, and maybe that impacts his paranoia. But basically, he lands the plane at this rinky-dink airport in a, the small town of Weebo, Montana. Uh, but yeah, so he lands here to fuel up. He takes the bag of money out of the plane because he's not going to leave it in the plane unattended to. But as he's walking to go inside this little airport to pay for his gas, he notices that there's two sheriffs who are inside chatting with the uh, customer service woman. And in a panic, rather than walk in with the bag of money, he sets it down next to a bunch of other baggage that is about to be loaded onto another plane. Uh, So... Yeah, so to speed things along here, he leaves the money there in a little bit of a panic, has a brief interaction with the sheriffs while he's paying for his money, but he's in a rush, but they won't let him rush out to leave. He comes back out. All the bags are gone, seemingly have been loaded onto this plane, and that's no good. He flies to where the other plane is going, waits for all the baggage to come off. The bag's not there. We end up figuring out, um, it's shown to us as the audience, that the baggage handlers saw that the bag had no tags and opened it up and just, hey, there's a lot of money in it and they decide to keep it and are spending it and having a good time so that's where our money is <laughs> like they they're like hand bombing beef jerky they're, they're spending <laughs> it in the most
0: like aggressively dumb ways i actually yes. enjoyed it uh, speaking of weird things that I enjoy, I also want to say the music in this is like so endearingly nostalgic to a certain like it's like a like 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 little bass lines and like little yeah. ambient stuff. Uh, I think it's good. Yeah, uh, I think
1: it. Is, I think yeah. it's good as well. It's it's not too too much. Like you know, a relatively subtle. I think it's Clint Mansell who. Mansell, oh really you pronounce it who did the music for the movie so we know he's he's
0: good he's talented yeah he's good the mu- I, I noticed that the music was like pretty awesome and it was like it didn't feel like it was overbearing It was pretty low-key and i was just like man i, I kind of miss this uh this style of music to a certain degree anyways but yeah Unrelated to what we're talking about,
1: but yeah. So, uh,
0: uh, Mr. Marvel's has uh, dropped has lost the bag, dropped the
1: bag, the bag. dropped yeah. the bag. Exactly. This is sort of the inciting incident uh, for the movie, um, which results in Barry Pepper obviously freaking out a little bit, but he's got to take control of the situation, which means him, uh, Scarpa, and Taylor are all going to come out to Weibo, Montana and try and figure out. Where this money is, and get it back. And I, love, I love their
0: their 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 initial plan. By the way, the idea is that they're it's like prison rules. They're gonna like announce themselves. They're like, uh, a they know the police will likely want to get them out of the town, so they just go to the bar, pick the the most aggressive person, and are going to fuck him up. Is is the plan?
1: Yeah, is that is that fair? That's exactly fair. They, they hatch this plan and it's basically find, find the guy who runs this town, like the guy who everyone else is scared of, basically, and make him look like a little bitch. Um, (laughs) so that they're begging us to take the money and leave. Yeah. Um, good stuff, man. And they put that plan into action and it, and it works. Uh, so they, they end up at a bar that I forget the name of. Um, but essentially the, the local, I don't know how you'd call them tough guy, thug, yokel. Uh, <laughs> sure. Uh, <laughs> <More> <laughs> <offensive>. local yokel. <laughs> local yokel. They, they start asking at this bar for, you know, who's the guy who, who runs the place. And this guy announces himself as the guy, uh, when Scarpa, the ladies man starts dancing with, uh, uh, one of the waitresses to, to Brooks and Dunn, which he uh, has never heard of and wonders how you could possibly dance to this. Well, she starts showing him and this guy's like, you know, all right, that's it. That's enough of this with these, you know, New York clowns that are coming into my town. Uh, <laughs> and so don't to go into too much detail, but Barry Pepper chats with him very briefly uh and I like this line a lot and it's just like a, a throwaway line but uh, after their brief interaction he's just like yeah he'll do like <laughs> yeah. you'll you'll work for for these purposes and then Vin Diesel uh, approaches and this isn't current Vin Diesel who's like used to work out and you, like probably still does like enough but like kind of like you know there's some a little bit of flab over top of those muscles nowadays. He's, he's, he's old. This was a long time ago. Yeah. Twenty yeah. twenty some years ago when he filmed this. So you know, I don't want to put too much on the guy, but this is Vin Diesel probably peak, uh, muscles physicality. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. Um. So he's an intimidating guy. Plus he's got that you know that gruff voice. Um, but he approaches the guy and delivers the monologue that Stefan and I were referring to earlier, which. I mean, like I said, it's it's not great, but it's pretty great. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, and basically, this is one of the only scenes that exists on YouTube uh, because apparently people have found it and enjoyed it. But he delivers a monologue about what it takes to become like a tough guy, um, which is silly <laughs> when you think about it. Um, but and it's I'm, like, not, uh, I'm not, I'm not going to do the mile do you <laughs> for what, you. I was,
0: was going to ask you, please. No, I don't
1: think that I could, could do that off. My voice will be gone by the end of that. If I try and do Vin Diesel's man, how do you, voice. How do, you, how do you, how do you do Vin Diesel? I don't know. You'd have like, to like, <sighs> uh,
0: <sighs> <sighs> I man, I can't like, I, a, my voice is terrible. It's like kind of high oddly. Uh, would you looking at me you know, like, how does this guy have this high of a voice? But uh, uh, I, I, I can't do it. Yeah. yeah.
1: But the gist of the monologue is that um, 500 like 10, hours. Yeah. It's like 500 street fights is the number I figured out when I was a kid. Like, that was the number I decided that you needed to be like a, a tough guy is to get in 500 street fights. And yeah, he, he goes on about what the purpose of the fights are and it's like, eventually you get past the silliness of it all. Um, and it stops being about being a, a tough guy, but then you realize that that's what you are, uh, <laughs> which is so silly. Um, but he does a great job at delivering this, this yeah, monologue. It's good. Now, Vin Diesel is actually pretty good in this movie. Um, yeah
0: he's he's, uh, he doesn't get the
1: like all right he a
0: he's i think maybe become an egomaniac Uh, that's you know debatable and you know (laughs) obviously where it's it's a it's a filter through you know interviews and stuff like that like it's not really vin diesel to a certain extent so that might be unfair to say but this is like young dumb full of (laughs) cum vin diesel and it is so much fun like yes yeah oh a blast man great
1: stuff Again, not a great monologue, but it's a great monologue. Yeah, it's a lot yeah. of fun. And as soon as he's finished his monologue, he proceeds to just beat the shit out of <laughs> okay. this guy. I, lo- I loved it so, and much. and like to a point, uh, like where it, it just gets like silly after a while because like this guy's clearly like beaten to a pulp. And then Vin Diesel will stand up, sort of look around. Okay, come back down, punch him in the face a couple more times. Get yeah. back up, sort of stand around like, I know I'm going to punch you in the face a few more times. Uh, so it's pretty great. And uh, yeah, and then Barry Pepper sort of in typical like mob boss fashion, like he doesn't do the beating himself. Somebody does it for him. Walks over and is basically like something of ours when missing in this town. You're going to find out where it is. And when you do, let us know. Um, and that sort of quickly comes to fruition. Uh, the Brucker, I believe, is the the guy's name, Gord Brucker. Yeah, Brooker. Gord. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he starts asking around about people spending money, finds out about the kids buying excessive amounts of beef jerky and all kinds of snacks and being idiots, uh, and quickly learns that it's them and Tells them, yeah, you're going to have to give this money back. Um, and from there, I guess it's established uh, that he tells our guys. They now they know that it's these kids who have the money. They show up at the house where the kids are. They're, the kids walk out of the house. They're about to go and get their money back when the sheriffs show up. Oh, and he's the father. And yes, the father of one of these kids is our sheriff. Played by the wonderful Tom Noonan, uh, who is just a giant of a man. Uh, Oh, man, so good. (laughs) In comparison to everyone in real life? uh, He must be. I mean, unless they've given him like giant lifts. uh, Yeah. Because I think Barry Pepper is like 5'10. And he's like towering over him in the scenes that they have together. So I would think he's got to be tall. You know, maybe they gave him a little bit extra height, but.
0: Yeah, he's fucking tall. He's uh, six five.
1: Yeah, so big yeah. dude.
0: Yeah, he's almost a full two meters. Uh, because we are, after all, Canadians. But uh, yeah, um, just, I, I, just I, I was like thinking if, if nobody has seen this movie, uh, Tom Newton is the sheriff that uh, Mister Marble sees in the, the 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 gas station for planes. Just so we're like absolutely clear. So he's the consistent uh, uh, face of the law for this movie.
1: Yes, him and his partner. uh, The partner's
0: kind of like incidental, really. Yeah, but he's
1: the sort of, I guess, more. Moral. Moral of the two lawmen. Uh, Tom Noonan, clearly uh, a tough guy, doesn't take no shit. Um, And he realizes that his son. Who has all this money, um, has, you know, well, sorry, he realizes that his son has this money, takes it from him, and rather than deciding to, you know, alert the, you know, the feds or any other sort of governing body who would handle this type of situation, he decides, you know what, we work pretty hard, we don't get paid a whole lot, so why don't uh, you and I split this money, him and his, uh, lawman partner? His deputy. Yes. Um, so that's the sort of situation where we're at now, where our mob sons are aware that the sheriff has the money, um, and are again trying to figure out how the fuck are we going to get this money back.
0: I'm just looking at Tom Noonan's face here with his height next to it.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. This is a, this is a good
0: setup for a movie, and it moves so quickly. Again, like there's there's things that I would change. Like I don't think it's like. Like it's again we we already established not a perfect movie but yeah
1: definitely fun and judge away at me <laughs> well I think that like you said it it moves quickly and it takes enough sort of turns that uh, it keeps things interesting it's not sort of just spending an hour trying to figure out oh and then it's kids have the money and they get it back like there's enough different elements to keep things interesting um but our characters decide. Well let's go talk to the sheriffs and basically tell them who we are and why they don't want anything to do with this, basically. It's like we're I'm the son of a mob boss or just under under boss. I'm not sure what the term that they uh, They used in the movie exactly but basically i'm the son of a very important uh you know crime figure uh so this money belongs to him you probably want to give it back to us if you don't want shit to go south for you uh and tom noonan being uh the sheriff that he is basically like i don't give a fuck who you are (laughs) Uh, and bitch slaps barry pepper real good uh in the sheriff's office Um, and unfortunately Vin Diesel can't come to the rescue because the other sheriff, uh, the deputy pulls a shotgun on him and keeps him at bay. Um, but yeah, so Barry Pepper gets his ass beat. They, uh, sort of leave to collect themselves. Um, but, uh, an interesting beat, uh, that I like in this movie is the sheriff's decide that we can't let these guys leave. Um, like we can't let them leave and go run and, tell their their daddies about this uh so they set fire to the plane uh yeah. which marbles is primary marbles means of
0: conveyance
1: yes uh, i feel like i'm just like burning through plot here but like i don't know that there's a lot about this movie the, honestly, that yeah like there's... needs to be really explained or like how did you feel about the part where he got bitch slapped by uh, <laughs> the sheriff <laughs>
0: no I, I I liked it it, it felt like uh, he, he'd run into a situation where he was in a town that doesn't have the name recogni- recognition of like Benny Chains, right uh, and they're just like well you know you're here fuck you we're keeping your money uh, and he gets beat up uh, it's, they're good scenes they're like not like you understand what's happening you have somebody who has an immense amount of gravity behind them then you have another person who has an immense drive i.e. all of this money and an ignorance of like what they're walking into you know played straight that is essentially like it's like no country for old men to a certain extent you have Anton sugar who's like the i'm gonna get this back and you made a fucking mistake and then you have uh, Llewellyn who's is, is it Llewellyn yep. yeah Yes, it's Llewellyn uh with, with his money, being like, I just want the money, and I don't care. Bye. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, obviously, two wildly different movies, but yes. uh, the the point of bringing that up is that it, it's like a good conceit for something. You you have it's a fish out of water to a certain extent. You have somebody who is somebody somewhere, and nobody here, but still somebody, obviously, uh, because he is like the son of a mob boss. And I think that's like a good like jumping off point for like a story and it, it works here for sure. Yeah. I'm uh, a fan of uh, Barry Pepper um, an
1: Italian American. You know? <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> I will say that there are a lot of little things in this movie that I actually do enjoy. I think that work well um, that are sort of like it's said, throwaway or nothing things, but like when they walk in and Tom Noonan is like, they know he's got the money. He's, got the money and knows exactly what they're looking for. But he's like, you know, sort of playing like, uh, well, I'll be like a sheriff and like, why don't you tell me about the thing you lost? Like explain the situation to me. And then he just takes a bite of like a hard boiled egg. <laughs> and then he's yeah. Just like snacking <laughs> on this egg, which I found amusing. Like he doesn't care. He, there's no part of him is like intimidated by these guys. Yeah. Um, which is great. Uh, because like, He Like you said, he should be. He he has no idea the sort of like the gravity behind what they represent uh, or that they could potentially bring to him. Um, But even when he finds out sort of a little bit more about these guys, I think later on uh, we see him sort of printing off, reviewing pages, like articles about Benny Chains um, and different things and reading like the sort of uh, like rap sheets or whatever for like these guys, their criminal records Um, And the deputy comes in and mentions the name Scarpa and he's like, yeah, I heard it uh, last night or whenever when I was watching a history of like, you know, crime in America about this Scarpa person on A&E. And rather than be like, oh, shit, like there's some weight to that, Tom Noonan's character is like, oh, you get A&E on Satellite? (laughs) like like, to me it's just like a funny line but it really indicates sort of his character and what he's all about um which is like i still don't really give that much of a fuck like sure this these are you know guys that are worse than i thought but like i'm more curious about (laughs) the channels you get on your satellite than like hearing about you know how these guys are bad Uh, so little things like that i think are nice touches in in this movie, which maybe get overlooked a little bit or, or were overlooked by critics when it came out. Because, like I said, a lot of the negative reviews were like, this is derivative of other mob movies. Um, it sort of doesn't feel like it brings anything new to this genre. Which, sure, although I do like the idea of, like you said, sort of a fish out of water. It's like you're taking guys who aren't like the mob bosses who are mob bosses sons who don't really have a place here and putting them in this you know small town in montana trying to you know figure things out and play mobster um, which i think is an interesting concept but again we we both admit this isn't a great film by any means um, but i do think it's fun
0: it m- much like our, our ascend to heaven movie that we'll be doing not a great movie but damn but we love fun it. yeah it's great
1: so it's not great but it's great <laughs> <laughs> exactly Right. So what happens after this? So the sheriffs burn the uh, the plane. Uh, our guys decide that, uh, well, if they're going to be going up against these sheriffs, they're going to need some guns. Uh, so they go buy themselves some, uh, some weapons. They go to the shooting range, uh, start shooting stuff, having a good time there. Uh, we get a number of conversations sort of along the way about like Maddie's not like this isn't the life for him uh Vin Diesel knows like this is what he's made for and he's got nothing else. But like it's it's almost like the Goodwill hunting Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, where Ben Affleck's yeah. the, like, uh, I'm going to work construction forever and I'm going to make a run at it and that's my calling. But like this isn't your calling. Like you can get out uh kind of thing. So there's that. And I don't know how much weight that really gives the movie. Like to me it doesn't add a whole lot of like – emotional punch or anything at the end when we sort of see what ends up happening with with maddie and the decisions that he makes um but it's there those those thematic elements are there for a
0: long time i thought this was going to be a movie about you know there's a ton of movies about people trying to carve their own path when they aren't maybe initially supported and, and getting there on their own. And I thought this was going to be like the uplifting story of someone who gets into the mob. It's <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> hell yeah. It uh, would
1: have spoiler, been interesting. It
0: doesn't really go that way, but no. uh, for a while I was like, man, this is a baffling time. I'm in.
1: Uh, and it gives guys like us hope that, you know, if we wanted to play Italian Americans, we just have to dye our hair jet black. And yeah. that's all that matters. It's true. And fade in and out of half an accent at times.
0: <laughs> <laughs> man all right so in addition to not being able to do accents i have a hard time generally sussing them out to begin with okay so uh, yeah I, if somebody's doing an accent sometimes i don't hear it and i also can't hear if they're drifting in and out of it because i'm like just like fully deaf to that so it, it never it, it never bothers me that somebody can't nail something like there are there are obvious things that i'll catch like obviously like Kate Winslet in Mare Town saying water like oh I'll catch that <laughs> right. that's an obvious thing but like other stuff like I just I don't like they're, they're playing gangsters so they have like a like a vernacular that's that's outside of like the you know, the normal vernacular and and that's right. what I'll register versus like them trying to like ape a certain accent so yeah. it didn't really bought drifting in and out of accents like I understand somebody making note of that but like for me it doesn't register with me so it's a non-issue generally
1: yeah so, well, that's good. Then this yeah. movie will work better for you, I guess. <laughs> the movie does work better for me, man. <laughs> All right. Okay, so after we have our scene where they're shooting their guns uh, and getting their weapons, um, Uncle Teddy, John Malkovich, shows up with the two other sort of henchmen uh, that we've seen earlier. The one guy that we mentioned, uh, Billy Clueless who again, I don't think his name is ever mentioned in the movie. Uh, and then one other guy who I don't... Uh, I think it's Freddy,
0: Freddy the Watch. Also a great name. Freddy the Watch.
1: Yeah, <laughs> you're right.
0: Oh, wow. <laughs> it is insane. For a movie that is so good with names, the name of the bar where they like beat that person down is like nothing. Like... It should have had like a, uh, like it shouldn't have like, uh, like from Dustal Dawn, like the, the titty twister or whatever it's called. It should have had a name, not that, but like as memorable as that. What was um, the name? Can we find it out? I mean, like, I, I could, I could Google Tom Noonan's height, so I feel like the name of the bar must be somewhere. Um, knock around, guys. What is. Bar called.
1: I don't know. I feel like it's something like the fucking like the Lone Star, or like some shit like that. That yeah, that just, it's, it's, it's just it's like not good. Typical. It's
0: for, for a name that's like being pretty inventive with its names. It just like yeah. it got to location names, and they're like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, but yeah. Anyways. Uncle Teddy shows up to try and resolve the situation because Maddie's had a conversation with him and his father to say they've misplaced the money. Um, So the sort of the big shots have to come out uh, to take care of business because they've fucked the situation up. Uh, Maddie chats with Teddy, who's like who promises him that. Marbles, nothing's going to happen to him like because Maddie's asking. He says something about uh, you know, now everybody's feelings are involved. Uh, <laughs> um but promises I won't oh, I won't hurt uh Marbles. Um but you know. But we know his promises. Yes. Yeah. Not Don't correct. worry. We're just going to rough him up a little bit and then bang bang, now he's dead. Yeah. Um, so they're here to help resolve the situation. Um, the sheriff calls up Maddie at the motel and it's like, you know what? Now that I sort of know a little bit more, I want to meet to give you back the money here. Um, you know, making the probably wise decision to, to, but on his terms, I want to meet at this location, sort of outside of town, past this meat factory or whatever the fuck it is. Um, and this is where they're going to have the meet. So prior to the meeting, you've got uh, Vin Diesel and Maddie are with um, Uncle Teddy. Um, and you've got Scarpa and Marbles who are at a bar by themselves drinking. And Scarpa presents Marbles with the idea that we should run because like, this is not a good situation for us. Like we can get out of here. We'll get back to like, I've booked us a hotel. We're going to be in New York by tomorrow. I'll talk to my dad and he'll smooth this whole thing over. But like, we got to go. And Marbles is like, no, I can't leave Maddie. I'm his friend. I basically partially responsible for this. Like I'm going to be there for him. So, you know, it is what it is. Scarpa ends up leaving. Marble sticks around he gets into it a little bit at the bar with uh, with these guys playing pool. They you know, owe him money or whatever. They're about to fight him. And then the two other, like, heavies show up from before, sort of threaten these guys. Marbles thinks it's really cool. They leave, and uh, he's chatting with them. And they're like, oh, where's Scarpa? And they're like, I don't know. And they take him into an alley, and they are like, where's Scarpa? He refuses to tell them where he is. And good night, Mr. Marbles. Uh yes, in the sort of alleyway they uh they shoot him a few times and kill him. And that's that's the end of him. Um and I actually like the way that that scene is handled, I don't know why just uh I feel like it's not like super over the top. Uh it's sort of cut away almost in silhouette a little bit. Uh, I feel like the gunshots seem realistic and there's not... uh, It's not overselling anything. It's just like matter of fact, which I think it works effectively for that. Um, But yeah, so Marbles is dead. And from there, what's happening? Well, here, I'll I'll pause and stop just like burning through plot. Um, I mean, honestly, it kind of makes sense
0: because it's largely they go to retrieve the bag they meet the sheriff and that's the rendezvous is like is what it feels like as the major plot points and also the gang coming from um uh new york question mark yeah is it new york yeah um it not dennis hopper obviously he's staying back it's just john malkovich and his then the two cronies uh so they have the rendezvous and at like I, I I had a good sense that Seth Green was going to die. I think most people would 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 think the same, and it still is, is like affecting because he does want to like hang around and, and like atone for his mistake, Rush makes it a little bit more um, like uh, sad. His end, I suppose. And I I generally like the way that this unfolds. So they go to do the rendezvous out in like a, a barn. And it's like uh like an Ultimo ombre, last man standing kinda <laughs> kinda thing where it's like they they go to meet him, uh, uh Tom Noonan's sheriff character, and then he has the bully that, that uh Vin Diesel's character beat up, comedy springs them, so there's like a bit of a gun standoff thing going, and then John Malkovich enters the fray. I don't know if he enters before that happens. Yeah, or it's it's
1: like It's like double cross or like guy shows up, guy shows up, guy shows up. So it starts off with Vin Diesel and Barry Pepper show up and there's the two sheriffs, the sheriff and deputy and the sheriffs are like, where's your friends? And he's like, I don't know. They're gone. Um, And then Malkovich and his, the other two cronies come in and it's like, oh, now they have the upper hand on the sheriffs. Yeah. But then a door slides open and there's (laughs) Brooker. And now they've got the upper hand. Yeah. And then, (laughs) and then Brucker gets blown away because Scarpa showed up. Yeah. And now they've got the upper hand again. But at that point, yeah. yeah, So there's a lot of stuff happening, a lot like, you know, this person, this person, the upper hand keeps changing, uh, in, in what's probably a minute. Um, (laughs) but when Scarpa shows up and kills, uh, Brooker, that's when some conversation is had, like, oh, well, like, where's Marbles? And it's like, oh, well, he's not here. Like, he said he couldn't leave. And then they sort of start putting pieces together, like, oh, well, they must have killed him. And I'm not sure if the sheriffs really have anything to say here at the end, uh, or no, Malkovich so. and company just sort of are like, well, I know, I think Malkovich just starts shooting. Scarpa, like they just kill uh, Scarpa, Andrew Davoli's character, Um, and then bullets start flying. Both the sheriffs get killed, the two other henchmen get killed, uh, and we end up in a situation where it's Malkovich is still alive, and Pepper and Vin Diesel are still alive, and uh, what Malkovich ends up like, sort of coming out of the shadows to shoot. Barry Pepper's character, but Vin Diesel jumps in front of him, takes the bullet, sort of falls down, and then uh, for an odd reason, I don't really understand, maybe he just thinks Maddie's more of a little bitch than he is, but then uh, Teddy's character, John Malkovich's Teddy, comes out and is basically like, all right, got the money, gonna head back now, and Barry Pepper's there and he's unscathed, Um, but then he's like, comes to the conclusion like, you were the one stealing money from my father. Yeah. Which is is... sort of a weird (laughs) conclusion to jump to, based on nothing, like no information here.
0: Yeah. This is the one moment where there's a few dropped threads. Um, So... One of the drop threads is so Barry Pepper's character wants to be a, a a sports agent, and I was hoping that would somehow play into the story at some point later on, Correct. like, towards the finale. It never does, really. Yeah. Um, uh, and this is, like, another thing where it feels like it needed, like, one or two plot points in the middle to... Spell it out a little bit, or or, or hint yeah. at it at least, so it seems reasonable for him to jump to the conclusion.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. It just that uh, that was something that I didn't remember, and I was like, this is a very odd conclusion to come to, just based on the fact that he was trying to kill like all these people. Um, so yeah, Barry Pepper pulls the gun on him uh, and threatens him, and Teddy's basically like, Phew. like I, I've seen this before. You're not going to shoot me. Um, and he starts walking away. And, you know, maybe he doesn't try to shoot him. But then Malkovich clearly has a, another uh, his weapon. He goes to turn around and shoot Barry Pepper. Uh, sort of surprise. But Pepper gets the better of him, kills him. Um, and Taylor is still alive as well. Um, so Uncle Teddy, the traitor, um, has been dispatched. But I forgot to, uh, to do the line. Um, so this is a line that I was from the trailer for the movie that has always stuck out to me. Sort of right when uh, they're having their standoff, where it's just the sheriffs and them, and Malkovich walks in and reveals, and the sheriffs are like, "Fuck! They brought new guys. Oh, they got us." And Malkovich is like, "I know you thought this was a manageable situation, but some situations are unmanageable." <laughs> <laughs> and that's what's being told by that. Yeah. <laughs> It's so goofy. It's so good. Uh, it's but so it's, good. it's hilarious. Like, it's so much it's fun. Such, it's such uh, a John Malkovich line, honestly. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and you've probably heard this story before, um, but I'll share it for people who maybe haven't. Um, I believe these same guys wrote Rounders, um, which Malkovich is also in. Um, also plays a guy named Teddy in that movie. Um, but there's a story. That Matt Damon has told about Malkovich um and his acting and his accent in that film, which is pretty like notorious for being like wild because he's playing this like Russian guy. But like in the strangest Russian, not really accent that you've ever heard. And the way that Damon tells the story is that like the first take that they had together where Malkovich did this accent it just like threw damon through a loop and whatever and they called cut and malkovich like leaned over to him and said something like uh he's like oh yeah i'm a terrible actor (laughs) (laughs) which i think is just hilarious
0: (laughs) i've never heard this story before yeah it's it's awesome um, John Malkovich seems like a man I hope he I, I don't say this and there's like terrible stuff about him but he sounds he seems like a fucking a time like a good time
1: yeah I I agree
0: yeah.
1: uh and he doesn't seem to really give a shit about like I'm gonna do whatever this accent is and like that's how it is I don't care if it sounds anything like <laughs> a Russian person <laughs>
0: I'm gonna act in defiance of your movie <laughs> oh man what a what a stand-up guy um yeah but so um
1: i guess we'll we'll quickly end the movie here because it's pretty much done um they barry pepper and vin diesel have the money they go back to new york where barry pepper returns the money to his father um and again what's kind of a silly end to the movie but like Whatever, I guess what the route you chose. His father's like, well, you finally like proved yourself. Basically, like time for you to come in with me. And Barry Pepper's like, you know, there was a time in my life where I really wanted to hear that, but like now I've come to the realization that like I don't want this life basically. Yeah, and then leaves, and him and Vin Diesel ride off into the sunset.
0: I don't want your life.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And that's and that's oh. knock around, guys. It's uh it's a simple movie. I don't think there's a, a ton of depth uh to be to be mined there, or anything really. But uh like I said, it, it moves quickly, it's you know, it's a fun time, entertaining, yeah. there's some good performances, uh and yeah, and, and some great names and yeah 90 minutes in and out Uh, Um, i'm glad that you had a fun time watching yeah um my one final note
0: is and this ties into my criticism of the way that the movie opens and where i don't feel like it's established well enough to to for you to understand i mean you understand the consequences but but it doesn't feel like it's built up enough is that underutilized dennis hopper and I don't know if it's just like a schedule thing or, or what, but it just feels like I, I always want more Dennis Hopper pretty much always.
1: So yeah. I think he's, he's in what, maybe three scenes. He's got yeah, the one like scene at the beginning of the movie two where he's playing the handball and then <laughs> Fucking handball, both man. his other scenes, I think are just in that office. So he was probably literally did like two days on the movie. Yeah. Uh, I'd say, man, you could probably bang that out him like, a, like it's nothing. Yeah. Just like, like two locations. Yeah. So, yeah, I could have used Dennis Hopper. He's pretty great. Uh, But, uh, yeah, still good cast. Uh, What's funny to me is I remember when uh, when this came out, uh, I believe it was Roger Ebert specifically, who on his, you know, at the movies TV show, mentioned how this was filmed, I want to say, in like 1999. Um, But it was basically shelved, for two years because whatever studio was responsible for it didn't know what to do with it. Um, and then they finally are releasing it because two of the actors have become stars, Vin Diesel and Barry Pepper. And I've always thought about that and been like, in what world has Barry Pepper ever been a movie star? Yeah, yeah. Because I, I mean, I would love to live in that world, you know, but uh, yeah. but unfortunately, it's just that's never been the case. Uh, yeah. But that's always been funny to me.
0: I, I would agree. Um, yeah, man, this this goes back to. Oh, one other thing about Dennis Hopper being not in the movie enough for a movie that's about not feeling approved by your father—he's just like not in the
1: movie, like, <laughs>
0: yeah—to like create that feeling, you know what I mean? Anyways, that, that's just like my one, my one other thing. But uh, um, yeah, like I, I enjoy Barry Pepper, not nearly to the extent that you do. Like Mads Mikkelsen is my Barry Pepper, yeah. uh, or maybe. Uh, uh, maybe in terms of like actors who aren't well known as like I am a huge Leland Orser fan. Right, right, right. Uh, huge fan of his, and he never really got the love he deserves. Um, I'm a huge fan of Faults. Uh, you watched it? You I did. I, 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 yeah. I enjoyed
1: it. Yeah, he's great uh, in it.
0: Yeah, but check out Faults, guys. Uh, yeah. uh, or I folks, think that's a good
1: and... a good comparison. A guy who's been like, you know a really solid supporting player in a lot of good movies has had a few opportunities to play the lead. I think that Barry Peppers probably had the higher profile leading movies like battlefield. There is obviously a notorious garbage movie, but like (laughs) that was a big, big like budget. You know, yeah. are, it's John Travolta versus, and Barry Pepper's the guy who's facing off against him in the movie. Yeah. So he's had a few knock-around guys, was released, like a wide release. Um, so he had a few chances at, you know, uh, didn't quite flop as hard as like a Taylor Kitsch. Um, yeah. But uh, but yeah, I do think that Leon Lenorser is a good, a good comparison. Yeah. Um, if both really good like- actors
0: unsure of who leland orser is he's the guy from seven who was forced to wear the blade strap on and is, yes. is like literally losing his mind when he's being interviewed yeah uh super talented actor huge fan
1: but yeah yeah should Anyways. we uh, should we get into the the awards
0: stephanie yeah i've 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 some some things i think are going to be obvious for you um I'll let you dictate the order uh, we do sure it.
1: since we are just talking about uh, actors who we who we like let's uh let's get your favorite performance in the film
0: uh, I'm a huge fan of like so many people in this movie that this could honestly go to anybody I don't think anybody's bad in it um but my fave performance has to go to my fave monologue uh, dispenser Vin diesel Vin diesel yeah. I'm sorry it's not Barry Pepper. I thought that would have been like an obvious <laughs> thing where I'm like, Hey Mitch, I'm on the same
1: team. Uh, like, I don't know. Yeah. Man. And no. to be perfectly honest, as much as I love Barry Pepper, I don't think that he stands out in this movie as yeah. like, because I don't think he's really given like a ton to do. Um, despite being the lead in the film, he's just sort of like the guy who's like, got to be sort of in control and help run things, which is almost like the straight man character in this, uh, versus the other guys have more distinct, like character notes that they're playing, like the tough guy or the ladies man or like the fuck up or the, Uncle with the weird accent. <laughs> um, so I don't think that he's given nearly as much to do. Like, but my favorite Barry Pepper performances are usually when he's a supporting player and he gets to be big and, like, make sort of big choices like in True Grit or in 25th Hour when he's given a little bit more to do. Um, I'm sorry, I'm just thinking of the I'm a terrible fucking actor. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see if I can find you that uh, that the clip of Damon telling that story. We'll do it off
0: air, none other time.
1: But I appreciate (laughs) it.
0: Please do though. (laughs) Um,
1: But yeah, so I don't blame you for not picking Barry Pepper in this movie. Again, I think that as much as I love him, he is kind of miscast as an Italian, like the son of an Italian mobster, um, because he's like you said, he looks like an Irish guy. Yeah. Um, would be perfectly believable as an Irish mobster. Yeah. Um, but the dyeing the hair jet black and doing a little bit of an accent, it's, you know, <laughs> it's, it's questionable. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't think he's bad, but I just don't think, like, he stands out in this. Uh, right. It's perfectly fine. Um, but I think Vin Diesel's a good choice. I think that this is, like you said, young Vin Diesel, who's, uh, you know, hasn't quite gotten his head exploded from being in all these Fast and Furious movies. Yeah um so yeah the uh, good choice again great monologue memorable uh, moment in the movie and now uh, what about your worst performance of the film
0: i don't think again any, i don't think anybody in this is like bad there's no line deliveries where i'm like oof that's that's not great um but i had to go with it, it's more of maybe a writing fault at this point so I, I already discussed my issues here i mean with dennis hopper because not that he's a bad actor uh Although I would say that I don't buy him as um, uh, Barry Pepper's father in this movie. like They don't have that kind of vibe. So in a certain yeah. degree, I do feel like maybe Dennis Hopper is not great in this movie in the limited capacity yeah. that he's even in it to begin with. You know what I
1: mean? You brought us the sandwiches. What else yeah. can you do?
0: <laughs> like, it's it's like, it doesn't feel yeah. like he's actually his dad. And I understand he's like, he went to prison for a long time and maybe they have like a little bit like of a, a
1: strange relationship, a strained
0: relationship, but it still felt like, like, it yeah. felt like that was his, actually his boss and not his father. Right. And my neighbor's dog is barking. That makes sense. Anybody can hear that? You know, apologies. Okay. Fucking dog. It's, it's reality. Reality of my life. All right. But,
1: uh, uh, so yeah. let's, uh, let's move to our uh, our favorite or best scene in the film.
0: Uh, this is obvious, man. We're going monologue scene. It's great. I'm yeah. a huge fan of it. If anybody knows anything about me, uh, one thing about me for for movies is that like I'm a huge fan of like odd repetition or or like uh, some things that are maybe prolonged to the point of almost becoming like silly or comedic and you discussed uh Vin Diesel beating up this guy like kind of like walking away and like maybe thinking like oh i'm kind of done oh wait i'm not and he just keeps doing it over and over and over again <laughs> yeah. i like that man
1: it's it's good stuff huge fan good scene yeah definitely uh, a great scene in this film so yeah solid choice and then uh last but not least our i guess but least least favorite scene in the movie definitely least
0: um i've already i th- i feel like i've revealed a lot of my cards here <laughs> it's the uh it's the interrogation scene from or not the interrogation but the 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 opening scene where he's like child oh, okay. barry pepper is right. is gonna kill the guy not it's not really a bad scene i just feel like it needed you know it could have been like an opening over opening credits we see like you know Je- dennis hopper getting put away we see the young barry pepper looking on being sad We see maybe a hand goes on his shoulder. We see it's Mike Starr uh, looking maybe like a little too happy, like maybe he had a part in it or something to like bring us into this scene because it just felt like nothing. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Maybe 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 we even see like uh, we see that, then we have like John Malkovich coming to the house. We have like his mother's crying. He's like, "You got to come with me right now." Like, it needed like a little bit like let's let's
1: luxuriate in this sequence rather than this scene or something you know what i mean i hear you i i do think that it's it's kind of a weak opening to the movie there's a few other things as well like the sort of on the nose dialogue and decision making of uh, you know you're you're not cut out for this, and we know that now. Yeah. It's just like coming to that conclusion when he's 12 years old and not willing to murder somebody uh, who he like knows. Like this is yeah. a guy that's like been like in the neighborhood who's like man. a guy that he knows. It's like you really are like this 12 year old kid who like looks like knows who this guy is, isn't willing to murder him. Well, I've written you off for life now.
0: Oh, man. Counterpoint: <laughs> I kind of like it. I just wish the dialogue was a little bit different. Like I, yeah. I'm fine with him, Like you're going to murder now or you're out of the mob. <laughs> like I, it, I, it's, it's like so fucked up, but also like, I guess like being in the mob is fucked up too, right? Like that's true. So, so I'm like, I, I kind of, I, I I like the idea. I just wish it was different, you know? Yeah. And, and yeah, I we'll just, just think it's a little movie. on
1: the nose with like, we know now that you're not cut out for this. Like <laughs> we don't need that line. It's like, even if he says like, it's fine, like go yeah. outside and it's, you know, whatever like we'll still understand that like maybe he's disappointed that like the kid can do it but like we don't need to to do that one thing that also stood out to me in that scene which i don't know why maybe this is just a personal weird sort of gripe but the kid's wearing a new york giants jacket and a new york knicks hat and i'm just like we're really like beating it into us that like this is in new york um i don't know it just felt odd like pick one Pick one of the sports teams and don't. Nobody likes the Giants, dude. <laughs> Come on. People in New York probably don't even like the Giants. Yeah. I don't know, man. That's weird. Uh, so again, very small thing, but I was just kind of yeah. like, nah, I wouldn't have done this. If I was directing this, I would have had a different uh, wardrobe yeah. choice there. Um, but yeah, so those are our awards. I think that yeah. you typically ask me this question at the end of uh, these episodes, so I will put it to you. Would you recommend this movie?
0: Yeah, 100%. Uh, I, I feel like you always give an asterisk, so I'm going to do the same thing.
1: Yeah, of course. I'm going to
0: say, if you want to see a, a movie that was poorly reviewed and, and has thus lowered your expectations, and you want to see a crime thriller that has a little bit of comedy and and goes down pretty easy, uh, then this is the movie for you. Because, again, I don't think it's, it's great, but I, I, I enjoyed my time. And they don't make movies like this at this point budget anymore like they just they don't exist yeah um so uh enjoy it go back in time
1: and enjoy it i'm going to say something and maybe you think this is a bad idea but and i'm being too honest here but we talked earlier about um how i made a film um and the trailer is out to watch it uh, and there are some parallels to this movie and certainly i think you know thematically there are you know some similar elements again, they're not really like touched on that uh, hard, but just like relationships amongst you know family members and sort of inheriting the uh status or opinion of your parents, even when that's not necessarily you know what you are your role in the world or trying to define who you are in the shadow of you know who your family is uh is one thing that certainly goes across both things or both films um but <laughs> another thing that sort of goes across both of them which again maybe is i shouldn't be saying this about my own movie that i made um <laughs> but i think that they're similar in that they're both 90 minutes long uh sort of plot driven <laughs> movies that yeah <laughs> That, you know, you're probably not going to watch and be like, this is the greatest movie I've ever seen, but you're probably going to watch it and be like, you know what? That's a decent movie or like that was fine and, and move on. I think that they're both similar <laughs> in that way. Mitch is uh,
0: being self-deprecating. It's a very good movie and I enjoyed it. So I, I appreciate someone, that. Stuff. Someone's got to toot your horn. Yes. I'll I'm, not, I'm not
1: a great salesman when it comes to, uh, to myself. I'm my own worst critic. And,
0: yeah, 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 same here. I I think people who, man, this is maybe maybe mean. I I feel like self promotion is gross, and I don't like the way that it looks. I don't like when I when I see people doing it. That I know, Uh, in a certain way, like there's like a very like, um, like maybe it's like like it's too earnest or something. Like like this is a very
1: important film. It's about
0: mental health. <laughs> well, oh Yeah, trauma. exactly. It's like, like this is, fuck you, fuck off.
1: An amazing movie. And these are the themes in the movie that are really powerful. And it's like, just watch it and decide for yourself if you like it or what you think the themes are. Like, I don't want to sell you on this movie. Like, I hope you watch it and I hope you like it. Um, but like, I'm not going to tell you about how important it is or how powerful or how deep it is or what it all yeah. means. Like, that's just not, that's not who I am.
0: Also, like, like, let's be real, authorial intent, like the intent of like the, the person who created it isn't really
1: that important
0: because it's yep. about how people watch and how they feel about it and, and the themes that they draw from it. So, Absolutely. you know, you can you try to make, you know, uh I don't have an example right now. I'm kind of like, I'm, I'm mentally depleted, but, you That's know. That's like, okay. Yeah. what What your intent of making something isn't really that important because once it's out there, it's everybody else's but interpretation they
1: assign their own meaning to it and it doesn't matter what i was thinking
0: yeah like i mean people ascribe wild themes to to things that are like so extrapolated at that they were for sure not the intention of the author but makes them look better for it so my yeah. point is people should shut the fuck up and allow people to heap their own feelings on it to make them look better rather than saying you know I'm, I'm right. doing a lot of finger motions right now. I'm <laughs> gesticulating, and uh, uh, it's because it's because we're done, man. This right. this episode's done. It's time to time to wrap this shit up. Yeah, uh, um, I guess we should prime people for. We're gonna do. Do you still want to do a CanCon episode? Yeah,
1: yeah, I'm excited yeah, to do that.
0: We're we're approaching uh, July first. Uh, I'm not patriotic. I don't think like like i like canadian stuff i don't think mitch really cares either but we're gonna do a uh an episode looking at canadian films because they don't get a lot of love and uh they exist in the shadow of a lot of like american films so we're gonna we're gonna talk about a few films that we've watched recently uh for sure blackbird or black sir blackbird uh blackberry uh because we both watched that and a few other ones and uh that'll hopefully maybe we can do it soon and 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 drop it before uh, july 1st which is our uh you know fourth of july if if you will uh we have a lot of like non north american listeners too so these comparisons are probably totally unnecessary and irrelevant for you
1: Yeah, no, I'm excited to do uh, an episode about Canadian content, uh, especially because I think we've in the past sort of been uh, extra critical of Canadian stuff and not necessarily been overly supportive uh, of it. And you know what? I think there's I think I'm I'm coming around. I think that, you know, maybe I just wasn't watching enough or seeking out out The the Canadian content uh, yeah. that exists out there because some of the things that I've watched have been fantastic and I'm going to watch a few more and and I'm excited to talk about them and to try and get people to watch them.
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh, I'm super super stoked for that discussion. Our following episode will be on Deep Blue Sea. Hell
1: yeah!
0: Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna each a cappella the the uh, song that LL Cool J <laughs> made for it.
1: My hat is like a shark's spin.
0: Wait, my, my uh, what is, it, is it cage factors in right? Not, or am I making that up?
1: I think you're making. I mean, he probably he may mention. Man, it's cage. been so
0: long, uh, Rennie Harlan, baby. All right, we're done. This is over. Cut it. Dump it. It's trash. Let's
1: say goodbye. All right. Bye. Bye.